0: Good morning and welcome to The Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Enjoy this message from Lance Wall. Now,
1: Hello, my friends. Today is the beginning of uh, this, a new Sabbath. It's in the Saturday-Sunday time period of the Sabbath. And it's the beginning of that uh, countdown towards Pentecost, which is coming up so uh, shortly. And what we've been looking at is how Passover... Was experienced by us literally in our houses and we believe that May 31st is going to be the uh, a date when the Spirit of the Lord is going to begin to descend upon many of you again in your uh, houses perhaps your house of worship it's significant that May 31st was chosen by pastors in California as a day to open up their churches again and the president came out supporting the fact that we don't have to wait for churches to have permission any longer because he's aware, as many of us are, that the good and conscientious believers who are trying to observe and do the right thing are actually um, in a a place where, let's face it, Home Depot can gather, but you can't even in... Plano, Texas, have an outdoor service in a parking lot, even if people stay in their cars. This is what my friend Romero Pena was uh, telling me about. And it's maddening. So what you're looking at is a dress rehearsal of sorts for the way that police states operate when they shut down a nation. And this particular test with this virus um, was such uh, such an ingenious diabolical work that it literally came up on a side that the President of the United States had no ability to deal with because he's not a scientist. it's the one you know I, he's always kind of saying almost we, we joke about it like it's, like it's almost adolescent but nobody knows more about that than me whatever the subject is. nobody knows more about that than me And you know you talk about asphalt nobody knows more about asphalt than me because um, I'm a builder. But uh, when it came to this coronavirus, uh, the president was, in a sense, by the principalities, in my opinion, thrown off his confidence. And then he got Fauci, who's sitting there, a little, you know, Professor Fauci, uh, who's got that look like the professor doctor. And, and uh, he says in like, the 24th of January, nothing to worry about here, nothing to worry about. I mean, the health community should worry about it, but you don't have to worry about it. Then it's like two million are going to die. Then 200,000 are going to die. Trump's trying to prepare people for this because, like I said, this is the one area he doesn't have the ability to challenge it. He's not, he's not a doctor. And he's deferring to these people. And then the media, vultures and the wolf pack, they are. And we had unnecessary deaths all over the country because as soon as he mentioned hopefulness with corona virus uh, with chloroquine, um, everybody attacked it, even though it's been proven for 40, or 50 years that, um, that, it, that it works, with a few exceptions um, in terms of what it's combined with if you have you know, a heart situation. But um, they, they just literally, it's, it's, what the, it's almost as if there is a spiritual force wanting to destroy America. You think so? And it came from China, the emerging power. That, desi- that is desirous of taking over the world and eradicating the United States. Out from the weapons lab comes the virus. And uh, like uh, something out of um, Aliens, you know, just went and worked its way across the globe and sucked $5 trillion, $6 trillion, $7 trillion. We, we have no idea what this is going to do to our lives and the lives of our children. And we still aren't out of the woods because the left, you know, are crazy. And so they just want washington to print money and bail out all the states for their sloppy management um over the last decade anyway and so they're all in debt and they expect and trump if he wants to get elected has got to bail out the states but um they've it's been a shocking dress rehearsal i say it's a dress rehearsal because you know before that virus came along you know what they were working on it was the climate i knew something was coming it was going to be global policing global trauma global but, you know, so it was the climate was the thing that uh, the devil and, and human beings, remember the devil and people have to work together, just like the church and heaven have to work together, where, you know, there has to be some agreement. People don't get that. You have to have agreement for for anything to manifest. And if you get enough people agreeing with the devil, well, you got fear and pandemic. So you got enough media buying in on this um, pandemic, and then it created a panic attack. I mean, Christians, Christians, were all over the, all over the world, I and mean, in the United States, like, fear, like, you know, worried about what's going on. Dennis Prager said something uh, with Judge Cheney last night that I thought was interesting. He said that the shutdown may be the worst mistake in recorded history for the United States, the worst mistake we ever made, because in 1968 and 69, during the height of the uh, the Hong Kong flu, we would see 100,000 die, and we haven't even got to 100,000 yet. And we have decimated our economy and shut down our small businesses, and and perhaps half of them are going to be unemployed. And we've, we've done if we continue doing this, it'll be irreparable. We'll, we'll end up triggering a great depression out of stupidity rather than out of um, out of necessity. But uh, imagine that 100,000 died in '68 and '69. Do you remember us uh, everybody being quarantined? You know where people were quarantined in '68 and '69. Woodstock that was when Woodstock happened nobody paid any attention to it the economy continued going on so um, then he got you know Fauci recently saying well you know there's unintended consequences and you have to be careful now it's like why in the world are people listening to him the scientific data that came out of England we found out all of the uh, algorithms the projections were totally wrong the guy that was the source of this genius Academy uh, that said that people should be socially distancing had his girlfriend Coming over and living with him, and uh, so he, he was disgraced. And um, what we're discovering in the in the U.S. is that is the projections were also inaccurate. So the CDC, with its 80 billion dollars, was doing social justice training uh, rather than preparing for an actual pandemic. Now, what's curious about this is, uh, by the way, right now I've listened to Jack Hibbs, a pastor in California, say there are more deaths. From suicide in California than there have been from this virus because you see there's other unintended consequences there's the domestic abuse is taking place As men are out of work and 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 there's alcohol and drug addiction so if you don't you know it's kind of like if 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 you're in a bad way you get worse and if you're in a good way you could weather the storm but um, there's unintention, unintended consequences. That's what Fauci said, right? I said, but let me share something with you. And it's uh, from 2008, Rick Joyner, Taking the Land. I just picked this up, and Rick had had a dream. And at that time, he was looking at the the avian, avian bird flow, 2008. And he says that travail is going to increase in the last days until the kingdom comes, and the uh, destructive nature of it will exceed all human remedy. Um, but it will not tax the resources of the kingdom. And then Rick Joyner goes on to "Now catch this. The world's health experts are expecting that the avian bird flu to potentially become the most devastating plague in world history this is in 2008. Even though it may not have been in the news for a while, the deadly plague is moving relentlessly toward the place where it mutates into what can be transferred human to human. Uh, so Rick was already talking about this mutating of, of uh, a flu uh, from animal to human worse yet when it's weaponized and manipulated to do that in a lab in China but when that happens it'll be beyond what even the entire health official world can cope with and governments are just trying to keep order and in the midst of uh, that devastation Um, I personally questioned authorities and they believe the death toll could be like hundreds of millions and it could be like the biblical plague in the book of Revelation that kills one-third of mankind That's not this, by the way. This isn't that. But I'm just saying, this is 2008, he wrote this. And he said, um, when I inquired of the Lord if this was true, he confirmed it to me in a dream. He also showed me how we should be completely safe. To catch this, this is important. The body of Christ must get this in our hearts right now, 2008. We do not have to be subject to the things that are coming upon the rest of the world. It's like Israel and Goshen when plagues were in Egypt. The Old Testament is there for a reason. The Lord's going to make a distinction between his people and those who do not obey him. Remember, we're talking about this as we were discussing the land of our inheritance. The scriptures say that it was the Jordan River when they crossed over, it was overflowing. Jordan. Um, The Lord said that that the harvest is the end of the age. When we read that the Jordan overflows its banks all the days of harvest, Joshua chapter 3, it speaks of how death will be overflowing banks all the days of the harvest, which is the end of the world. But he's also talking about the Christians um, being challenged to live in a different dimension. And you think about this for a second. So he said that when their uh, ministry opened up, it used to be the PTL village, right, or the uh, property. And then he says that uh, when they opened it up, they had 91 rooms. And uh their first water baptism service had 91 people baptized then the first time they prayed for people to receive the holy spirit 91 people responded and uh, then rick started looking and he started realizing god was talking about 91 and he started meditating on psalm 91 and as he started to preach his uh, battery on his laptop was at 91 percent. and that's where he talks about psalm 91 says remember do not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Or in the, you don't know how it gets there. Remember, the number of people that were, that were infected by this, that were quarantined. Like, how did it get to them in the quarantine? So it's like moving in darkness. Or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand could fall at your side, ten thousand your right, but it shall not approach you. And he will give his angels charge concerning you. And um, and then he talks about uh, I will deliver you from the snare of the trapper, the snare of the fowler. He says the snare of the fowler sounds to him like uh, like the, that kind of bird flu type thing. Fowlers are those, are the ones who keep birds or bats in cages. And when it mutates, it's transferred from human to human. It'll be fast. But uh, he said that The important thing is, and that's what I wanted to read to you guys, pay attention. When he was shown this in a dream, it confirmed that the plague was coming. This one that's here now, isn't it? And those who are in the right place in the body would be safe. The way we would get into the right place in the body is by using the key of the kingdom, which is making sure that all major decisions are seeking the kingdom first. And it's interesting what he says here. He says that um, make decisions, that the critical decision is where the Lord wants you placed in his body because the body of Christ is a supernatural vessel and being in right alignment with the body is the key to being in the right place in the anointing so that you're in the place, your Goshen is in a sense in the body of Christ where you're assigned, called, and anointed to operate as opposed to being cut off and isolated. And remember, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together. It's just so strange that that the battle is about Christians coming together. Make no mistake about it, can't you almost predict that the pernicious and malicious media um, can't wait to see Christians gather together in their, in their houses of worship and then immediately swoop down like the vultures in order to look for data that can prove. Oh, they're infecting each other, and they're dangerous to the community. I mean, I can almost predict it because I know how the how the malignancy works the, in the brain of journalism. And so, what they're what they're going to hope for is that there's going to be this evidence that the the Christians are in danger in their communities by their primitive um, genuflecting to Bible thumping irrationality rather than science, which basically destroyed the economy and um, created a panic attack. Like, that could have been dealt with like Sweden did. Um, social distancing, keep your businesses open and let the children continue in school and guard the old people. And so Sweden's functional, Norway next door, got decimated because they listened to the, the Fauci's of this world. Anyway, um, the uh, the idea that that the Psalm 91 thing is real, I, you know, and I say, people would say, well, Lance, what about their, you know, sure there are Christians that could... Uh, that could be on the um, on the list of those that are afflicted or that die. But let's remember something: neglect not the assembling of yourselves together. It's a biblical admonition, as is, don't touch each other. And yet we're called to the doctrine of laying on of hands. What the heck are you supposed to do with that? How about this? How about we challenge ourselves to raise our game? to live up to the standard of what the Bible says so that we are a community people go to for divine healing. And by the way there's no guarantee that you're going to be immune from disease or death if you're in sin even in church. I'm thinking about that because it says that by neglecting to discern the body many of you are sick and some are even some even sleep which is the word of the dead. So, you know, it's not just going to church. And being in your anointed place, it's being in a place with God where sin has no dominion over you. And we, if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. I think we need to be a supernatural church, and we need to be a church that that not only has the supernatural power of God, but the fear of the Lord is established. And that leads to the preparation for May thirty first. Here is the uh, what what the Bible says about the upper room, and they were together. In one mind and one accord Acts chapter 2 and they were gathered together and I want you to think about this they were there for 10 days Charles Finney makes a great point he says no doubt they were all humbled because this apostolic company that wanted to sit at Jesus's right hand and left hand had failed during the previous test when he was arrested they ran from him they denied they knew him Peter cussed and and Mark was fled naked out of the garden. The only one who actually passed the test was John. And uh, so, But these were a humbled group that for 10 days after the ascension of Jesus, they sought the Lord, probably fasting and praying. And Jesus said, even though you've done miracles and you've healed the sick and you've been with my resurrected presence and I breathed on them. Remember, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit. He said, don't. Attempt this assignment yet but tarry, wait until you're clothed with power from on high I don't know that I've thought of this as profoundly as as it's hitting me lately, that we can do nothing without the anointing and I've had the anointing and I've been able to I mean the whole Seven Mountain message is a global kind of um, shorthand because of an anointing for that message to go out but I'll be honest with you I am realizing more and more that the power of the Holy Spirit, if it's not upon me, if it's not upon you, that whatever we say and whatever we do doesn't have life, it doesn't have the power to blast people out of where they're at. So this upper room company had to be in one accord, even though they had the Holy Spirit, had the resurrection of Jesus with them, had already done signs and wonders and miracles and healings and cast out devils, they were not ready yet. Imagine, imagine we haven't done that, that much and we think we're ready. But when the undoment of power came upon them in the upper room, they had tongues as of fire. It says as of fire, it wasn't tongues of fire, it was, looked like fire. But why tongues of fire and why another language? Because I believe the demonstration of that supernatural empowerment comes through the communication that comes through the body of Christ. Our communication makes an impression by the Spirit of God it's what I, what zerubbabel was told would be the signet thing it's a ring that goes into the wax like that and our words are going to begin to have that effect boom, of going into the wax of the hearts of people and where they're hard the presence of god will make them soft and will put the seal of divine impressions there is divine power for divine communication and divine utterance and as i was reflecting on that the lord said this is going to be the infusion of power and clarity for the message and angels are going to be very much involved. The angels are coming to you right now. I'm prophesying to you something. And you know, I want you to share this with other people. Share this message. Because the um these global movements, this 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 global economic reset, the from the pandemics to weather patterns or, or to environmentalism, you're going to see more pressures and more more efforts made globally for governments to have control over you because that's the end time scenario. What you have to do and I have to do is we have to go higher up. We have to acclimate ourselves by going to that upper room in the spirit, having the empowerment of God. And I believe something new and fresh is starting. But how it starts is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Look for the Lord to begin to convict you because the mere pursuit of power or the, um, quen- the The appetite for revival and awakening is not going to qualify you for a deep and powerful fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a humbling work and a work of making yourself empty so that the grace and empowerment of God can come into you. Now many of you have already, you already have your Pentecostal testimony. We're looking for a fresh endowment of power. And fresh utterance and fresh clarity and the conviction is I believe that the first wave of the evidence that God's preparing us to have the right disposition to seek his power to seek his face to seek his presence to have a sense of the urgency of the hour I've told you and I've said this that we're in the Haggai two chapters of Haggai followed by Zechariah two prophets that prophesied to a remnant of people during the day of Cyrus. This is like the Donald Trump-Cyrus parallel. I've preached that for four years, but it never occurred to me that there would be an economic reset that would happen during the days of Cyrus. I thought it would happen after the election, maybe the next election, but no, the Lord has seen it fit to do it before the election. And I think it's because he did it in Haggai's day. He did it when the prophet prophesied because he said, you don't think it's time for my house to be built, but I'm telling you, stop working on your agenda and begin to build my house. I believe God is building a house for nations. I think the church has been playing too small. I think Jesus was promised nations for his inheritance. And we've been playing for revival and souls and ministries. And God is saying, I want nations. The reason I believe that is because when you go to uh, Zechariah and you go to Haggai, there is an awakening angel, and this, this is a, a friend of mine from Australia just wrote this to me and just woke me whoop, right up. There was uh, in Zechariah 4, the prophet that came with Haggai to awaken the remnant. Um, in Zechariah 4, we find out the angel awakened the prophet. Verse 1, now the angel who talked with me came back and awakened me as a man is awakened out of his sleep. We're talking about the great awakening. The great awakening, there's an angel for awakening. Awakening your conscience, awakening your heart, awakening your, your ability to see. And the Lord's telling me that, that this visitation is going to cause those who are ready for it to see his face, to hear his voice, to understand his will and to be his witness those four things to see his face to hear his voice to understand his will and to be a tongue of fire a witness that's going to be the fourfold manifestation of the visitation that's coming on the 31st and indeed may even come prior to that the angel who talked with me came back and awakened me as a man who was awakened out of his sleep and then the angel says to him, what do you see? And this is where he shows him. This is so powerful, Zechariah chapter 4. And he sees um, he sees these lampstands. And it's literally, it's the two witnesses. Zerubbabel, who is the government witness, the believer in government. And it's um, Joshua, who is the believer in the temple. And what God is saying is that he is going to be raising up sheep nations out of the concert of the interaction of believers in the house of God, extending the authority and the scepter of the anointing over their nation so that the nation can be a saved nation or a sheep nation. It doesn't mean everybody gets saved. It means that the nation has a civic government and the house of God working together rather than the civic government persecuting the house of God. You understand how serious this is? And so the two anointed ones that are referred to in verse um, 14 by the angel to the prophet are uh, the Zerubbabel and Joshua. It's the governor and the priest. It's the political representative and it's the church representative. And right now these two with Donald Trump and pastors this week is it. You can't make this stuff up this week. Donald Trump took a stand for the pastors of the United States. You've got your governmental anointing and your pastoral anointing. You've got your religious and your governmental coming together into alignment. And then the word of the Lord says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It's not going to be by our might in in an election process. It's not going to be by our power being able to undo the apparatus of all the media that is against Trump, except for five bloggers and Fox News, it's going to be by my spirit. And and many of us feel, well, Lord, I, I just don't feel ready for this. But it's with shouts of grace. Grace, it says in verse 7. The grace of God, it refers to something more than just the the, the mercy and the undeserved mercy of God. Because Jesus was filled with grace and truth, and and you can't say that he was undeserved. He got undeserved mercy because he had never sinned. The word grace really refers to the supernatural empowerment to operate with a with a uh, steady current of God's power. Grace is a steady current of supernatural power. So when you're weak, you can be strong. We are the Church of Philadelphia. We are the Church that I know your works. I know, I know what you've done and you have some strength we're on this face we're all hanging out in our houses we're not running up and down the street laying hands on people like AA Allen we have some strength we're not demonstrating the the tent meeting anointing right now are we so um, the Lord said to me that this May 31st is going to be the Pentecost experience for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and an endowment of power so that a new remnant can arise and that as Haggai and Zechariah prophesied zerubbabel and joshua rose up and they were awakened and there's an angel of awakening visiting you right now why don't you share this with other people i'll tell you why because the lord says if you will walk with him and this is chapter 3 verse 7 of zechariah if you will walk with him in his ways then he is going to take you to a place in the spirit where your prayers and the alignment of you with the angelic realm in your life are going to begin to have charge over the uh what's happening in other words you're going to begin to administrate according to the will of god you're going to understand the will of god enough to administrate in prayer the manifestation of that will on the earth at a whole new level we're going to see the collision of kingdoms collision of governments the collision of voices the clashing of swords the elijah prophetic anointing of the voice of the lord and we're going to hear the voice of, of the false prophet which I believe is the uh, media and uh, and the political system. It's because they're kind of working as one. But the spirit of the Lord says that you're going to be able to judge my house and have charge of my courts. Which means that there's going to come an alignment apostolically within the church, so that the church can step into its governing role rather than its timid um, preacher role. And there's a governing of things that the church is called to. Uh, to engage in spiritually and there's supposed to be an economic insight we should be the people that actually uh, have a voice because the greatest philanthropy doesn't come from liberals i promise you the data is already out philanthropy comes from christians these are the people that give up a percentage of their income and give tithes and offerings and, and philanthropy and it's always been that way that the genuine people of god are the most generous but we should really have a, an economic worldview because the next 90 days, the entire world is going to have an economic reset. It's not just the future of your sons and daughters with the trillions of dollars of debt in America. There's whole continents right now that are being reshaped.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the Network Live, contact us at the NetworkLive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m., right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEORadio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.